to know. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Good morning. Welcome in once again. Miller and Condon on the air with you. A different version here the next couple of days. Ken Miller sunning and funning in Vegas, also doing a little bit of work. So as I look across the glass today, I don't see the gray hair of Ken Miller. No, I see the red flowing locks of Emery Sonner. What's up, Emery? Hey, we are here. We are live. Thanks for asking me to do this, man. Of course. Uh, Looking forward to it today. Looking forward to getting your perspective on Really a wide-ranging uh, topic of sports today. A little potpourri. we got a lot of different angles that we're going to hit today. Coming in uh, here about 10-20, our guest list today. A little shortened, a little less than usual. Me and Emery have some different things that we're going to go through today. But uh kicks off at 10-20. We're going to have Chris Cuellar, formerly of the Des Moines Register, now works for the Iowa Boys High School Athletic Association. Going to get Chris in here, talk a little bit about some of the big questions we have in high school sports as we kind of put the tail on the season coming up. High school baseball, softball will conclude uh, this season, and then we flip to 2019-2020 in that calendar year. You know, the biggest question I think that is out there for a lot of people, especially on the boys' side, is television coverage. Is the coverage that is provided for football, basketball, wrestling, baseball, and track and field, some of the other events too. You know, how that's going to go with the agreement with NBC Sports Chicago, with the Boys Association farming that out in the, what is it, the Iowa High School sports network that uh, put together and puts together those TV deals. That's coming to an end. Kind of what's next and what's on the horizon at the high school ranks. And Emory, you do so much. You do high school insider here on KXNO. I know you have a lot you want to get into too today uh, talking with Chris. Well, and, and it's the TV deal is a big deal because when you look at the girls' side, the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union's done a great job of just making it as accessible as possible for people but using public television. You can watch it online. You don't have to pay money to do that. And it's just odd. We're the only state in the union that still has two completely separate entities running girls and boys sports. And you would think at some point we should be looking towards a unity if we could figure that out, especially with girls wrestling starting to become a thing. Right. You know, are we going to have just sanctioned girls wrestling that the athletic union is going to take care of, or is it going to be sanctioned on just the athletic association side on the boys side? I'm not sure. We're, we're still working on that. But what I can tell you this, Trent, is on the surface now, I'm interested in how we've changed even from four years ago. If you remember the football playoffs in high school football for four years ago and the way that we were doing it with 32 teams in each class making it with a really odd playoff schedule. And it just seems like we have made consistent improvement to the system little by little to the debut of the RPI system last year. I think there still could be tweaking happening, but I'm interested to see because they should not be sitting on their laurels and resting on their laurels at this point. We only have one year down of that. How are they going to find ways to continue to improve not only that system, but also the way that they kind of seed and judge where teams should be, especially when it comes to substates in basketball, because yeah. we saw some very competitive substates on the boys' side that really they were matched up based more on geography, we think, than it was trying to keep the best teams away from each other. You know, that that's always been a conversation that I've had with both sides. And the girls' union, their thought process for their state tournament, they want to try to get in each class the eight best teams right. to the tournament. We saw it la- this season in girls' basketball. Seven of the eight teams in the 5A class were from the CIML. The but, depth of the CIML. And there were teams that went on the road. Ankeny Centennial had to go over. And make the trek over to Pleasant Valley, who was undefeated, and they beat them on their home floor 
And they got to play in the state tournament because of that. Where the Boys Association in the past, what they're looking for is truly a state tournament. Teams from all over the state that come here, maybe not the eight best, but eight teams from around the state. It's not the way, personally, I like it. Mm. I want to see the eight best here, but a conversation. The thing that I really enjoy about Chris, A, Chris is a younger guy. Right. And for years and years and years, it was certainly known as the Good Boys Network. I mean, the good old boys that got together, they do their thing, and we're not going to change. Chris is one of those people that is working to change, institute some things, and Bring the Boys Association to the 21st century. Uh, they're, they're still working on that, by yes, the way. But but we are seeing some, like I mentioned with football, we have made some drastic improvements with the way that we are setting up for the UNI Dome, the Uni Dome. Let, let's, wouldn't you agree that it is special for a young man to play in the Uni Dome? It's huge. Is it not special for a young man or woman to be playing at Wells Fargo Arena in mm-hmm. the state tournament? Yep. If that's the case, Trent, then we should be rewarding those who have done the best. Mm-hmm. And, and we can have a lot of different discussions about what that what quantifies that. And they've taken strength of schedule now into the equation on the football side. I don't know if there's a way you can do that on the basketball side, but if you're yep. winning games, if you're proven to be one of the eight best teams record-wise or one of the eight best teams in terms of who you've been able to beat throughout the rest of the season, then I think you should have a more favorable trek to get to Wells Fargo Arena, you should not be seeing two top five teams playing each other outside of Wells Fargo Arena. I just feel like you're robbing one team that truly and honestly deserves it to get to the state tournament. And we've seen it in football as well, where they tend to lean more on the side of geography more than the side of let's try to get the four best teams in these semifinals. You know, in Class 1A a few years ago, I remember it back-to-back years, Pella Christian had to face Iowa City Regina, two undefeated teams playing based on the fact that they were just closer to each other yeah. than other teams were. And those clearly were two of the four best teams in the state, but only one of them got the opportunity. Those kids that did not get the opportunity to play at the Unidome in Cedar Falls, I mean, your heart breaks for them because you know that they've earned it. Mm-hmm. And due to like a scheduling snafu with the way that they do the playoff seedings, you knew that one of two teams that deserved to be there were unable to get there, and those kids just had to miss out. Correct me if I'm wrong. That was a great game, too, wasn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Like a one-point game. <laughs> right, yeah. wait, right went down to the wire, and two teams that probably should have been playing for a championship. We saw that finally this year with the new RPI system that you mentioned. Right. The bracketing that went into it, and now it is possible that East versus West won't happen anymore. We could have two Central Iowa teams play for a 4A title, something that hadn't happened because it was strictly this side of the bracket is the East side, the other side is the West side, the bracket plays out, and we'll have East versus West for the championship. And it's led to a lot of blowouts in that championship game. We know the power, certainly football-wise, that sits here in central Iowa. So we'll get into that with Chris Cuellar. Then after we finish up, I'm going to give you a magic wand. I'm going to give myself a magic wand. And if we we got control of the Boys Association, we got that magic wand, maybe some of the things. We'll become sports czar oh, baby. of the high school ranks. Giving yeah. me some power now. Yes, absolutely. And what we would do, and then hopefully the boys in Boone got the radio <laughs> for that one coming up here. We'll do that at about 10.40. 11 o'clock hour, we're going to talk a lot of baseball. Matt Snyder will be by from CBS. We'll get into Major League Baseball, everything going on. The Cubs get off the mat, a sweep of Miami, and another easy victory last night. Hamels was outstanding. But I want to start our, our baseball conversation here, Emery. You're a White Sox fan. I just found this out mm. minutes before we came on the air. You, John Roberts, Die and hearts, yeah. a half dozen maybe other people <laughs> here in Central Iowa. <laughs> 
Yeah, that still might be generous. Yeah, right, but but die hard. I mean, since I was a kid, loved the White Sox. I kind of think outside the box. I don't like to cheer for everybody. That you know, my parents, my my dad's a Cubs fan, my mom's a Cardinals fan, and I just wanted to be different. Okay. And we had the same kind of television coverage and radio coverage for the White Sox as you did for the Cubs, pretty much oh, really? in in Southeast Iowa. You know, like the 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 same networks are airing this uh-huh. both both teams' games, so I was able to watch the White Sox and learn baseball from Hawk Harrelson and. Just as a, a young teenager watched my team win a World Series in 2005, it's a memory I will never, ever forget. But that, of course, is one of, like, I went into sports broadcasting. I call a bunch of games. And that did suck a lot of the fandom out of me <laughs> and a lot of the enthusiasm for watching teams out of me. But the one team that I've never wavered on, even through all of the tough times we've had recently, is the White Sox. I, I still bleed for that team. And to see what happened yesterday, I was fired up, Trent. <laughs> I was fired up. That was a day game. I don't know if anybody saw it. Trent, or Tim Anderson has been one of the best hitters in the American League the first three weeks of the season. Bar none, by the way. Smokes a home run and uh, does a ceremonial bat throw, I will call it, toward the dugout. It, it had some great metrics on it. I think MLB clocked it at like, you know, 13 miles an hour, but it had like a, a 1080. It did a 1080 in the air. I mean, it was a good bat flip. And he runs around the bases. Tim, Tim shows himself. He's got a lot of personality when he's out there. And, of course, he, because, you know, baseball, in quotes, baseball, he gets plunked in the hip first pitch of his next at bat. He walks to first base, and the bench is for some reason clear anyways. The managers get into an argument. And then Joe West Wow, what a great umpire Joe West. Joe, Joe West. Oh, man, I hate that guy. And then he throws Tim Anderson out of the game despite him just standing there. He was hit by a pitch, and he was thrown out of the game. He's got to an answer for that, by the way, because we lost in extra innings. We, got, we lost two at-bats from Tim Anderson in that game based on Joe West tossing him for no reason. So I was hyped up about this. The Royals I've always had a problem with because, rest in peace, Jordano Ventura, when he was there, he was always throwing at guys for anything. Right. And, and talking to guys. I mean, it's just... A lack of class. And I like small market teams, and it was awesome to watch them do well and win a World Series. But, Trent, this has got to stop. All right? We're, we're taking personality out of a game that is behind the eight ball in personality. Like, right, right. I mean, I'm a huge horse racing fan, too. There is infinitely more personality in horse racing than there is in baseball because you're just not allowed to show it, right? I've seen pitchers... Fist pump, scream, celebrate strikeouts in the middle of the game when they need a big out and they get it. Well, why can't a batter flip his bat or celebrate a home run? You go watch the guys in Japan or watch. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the World Baseball Classic oh, a couple absolutely. years ago? Yes. I mean, that's yes. great baseball, right? Mm-hmm. But they were celebrating all over the place and nobody was plunking guys. No, no. It's just, it is still that old guard that is in baseball. And, and you're right, the personality being part of the game, I think that's hugely important of growing the sport that is becoming less and less a national sport. It is so regionalized now. It it, it only depends. We're not going to sit here even during the, the doldrums of the summertime and we're in June and July and there just isn't a whole lot in the local front. But we're not going to be breaking down if the Padres are making a run at the Dodgers in the division. We're not going to be talking about a great National League East race with the Nationals and the Mets and everybody else out there, the Phillies. No, that's not what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Twins if they're relevant, the Royals if they're relevant, Milwaukee, and maybe the White Sox. Maybe the but White Sox. They got to be relevant. <laughs> so <laughs> this leads me to the next point. As I gave you crap about one, being one of the few White Sox fans here in this market, 
I think it's pl- pretty clear. I The Chicago Cubs are number one. The affiliation with the I-Cubs obviously make that a big part of it, but this has been a Cubs town for a very long time. Sure. Then you drop down, and it is the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. The Twins have a big fan base. They were on WHO for a number of years. Right. And I remember as a youngster when uh, we'd be driving around with Grandpa, and he'd flip on WHO if WCCO up in Minneapolis wasn't coming in, and we'd listen to the Twins that way. He'd be traveling down here for work, and he'd always be listening to the tw- Twins broadcast on WHO. So because of that, I think there's a big number, Kansas City being the closest. And then he'd get after those four to the White Sox, Brewers. Of those two, who has a bigger fan base here in the Des Moines market? So I would say it's probably pretty close, but you're going to get some fair-weather fans no matter what's going on. And with Milwaukee being good, winning this NL Central last year, they have the reigning MVP. They play the Cubs and the Cardinals a lot, and a lot of people just like to hate those teams. So I would say Milwaukee probably at this point yeah. has more fans. And it's... All of Wisconsin, all the oh, yeah. transplants that they are there own, for the most part. They, yes. they own that. You and know, you got the split with with Chicago, and I mean the split in Chicago is pretty significant. Cubs direction, it is. It's a forgotten team. It's not forgotten. I well, wouldn't say it's forgotten. I would. I would. Say, I forget about it. You, when we were winning games in the mid two thousands, in two thousand five, six, in two thousand eight, when we made the playoffs again. I mean that place is rocking. There's sure, a lot yeah. of people show up. Yeah, but there is another game in town. And the Cubs right now are one of the premier teams to watch. I mean, they already were around the country. The lovable loser thing they had going on for 108 years, there were a lot of people around the country that just wanted to cheer for them based on the fact Mm -hmm. that Wrigley Field's a cool place. Yep. I mean, I've been there. I'm not super impressed with it, but it's a cool place. It It, is. It's old. It's historic. And, you know, if I don't have an allegiance to a team, why wouldn't I cheer for this fun lovable loser team that there's a song about and Ernie <laughs> Banks played for and they wear those cool red, white, and blue uniforms which I think color scheme has a lot to do with it. The White Sox had a little boom of popularity in the Frank Thomas, early yeah, Frank yeah. Thomas years when they switched to like the black and white logos. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden people are like, oh man, that's a cool look. Well, Dre helped. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, and, and Chance the Rapper to a certain extent wearing his White Sox yeah, cap yeah. everywhere. That helps a little bit. When the White Sox start winning here a little bit this year, but probably the next Several years after these prospects called up, like the Cubs did, we're kind of where the Cubs were four years ago at this point. If, if when that happens, right, I, I would assume that you're going to be seeing a little bit more of the brand out there, Trent. But baseball, especially, is going through that phase right now where there isn't a lot of straight diehards that are going out to their teams when they're terrible. It is fair weather fans mm-hmm. watching the marquee teams show up to the, like Tampa Bay, right? The brand isn't very strong for the Tampa Bay Rays, but they're a very good ball club. They're awesome. Yeah, but nobody's going to Tropicana Field, and it's not like there's another game in town that people are interested in. People are even less interested in the Marlins. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is just with, yeah, the White Sox have been around since 1901, but they've always had to compete with an older team, a team that has a familiar color scheme, and they're popular literally because they lose. It's the antithesis of everything that we've been told in sports with Fairweather fans. People just hopped on the bandwagon because it was going to be fun when they won. Yes. And now that they've won, get out of here. I'm annoyed now. I don't <laughs> over care. It, over it. Send some guys down to Iowa so we can watch some good baseball down here. We're seeing some good baseball. And, uh, yeah, the Chicago Cubs back on the right track, three in a row against Miami. Speaking yeah, of come on. minor league teams. Yeah, minor league teams. Maybe even double A. Yeah, can yeah. you name five major leaguers on that roster? Oh. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you got... Uh, no. Okay. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. No, Me either. Jeff Conine? Does he still play for the Marlins? <laughs> no, no. Is it 2003 again? <laughs> right. That'd be awesome. Yeah. 
that's the happier times for the Marlins. So we'll get into that more baseball talk. Come your way with Matt Snyder. He's going to join us here at about 11.20. What else we got on the docket? A little basketball talk. Uh, Iowa and the Big Ten had their release of the Big Ten schedule for next season. We'll get into the single plays and double plays for the Hawkeyes. Kind of how that shook out. Also with it, uh, most of the non-conference schedule for Iowa is out. And with that, many times in the past I have... Some would say freaked out about Iowa's non-conference scheduling under Fran McCaffrey. This schedule put together, we still don't know who their opponent's going to be in the Gavit games against the Big East or the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Right. You expect both of those games to be very good, though, with the expectations for Iowa. Going into next year, a fringe top 25-ish team, as it looks for most people right now. But we'll get into that a little bit. I will hold my freak-out session maybe for another time. I didn't freak out this year, even though there were still some of the things that bothered me. I'll get your thoughts on that, too, Emery, coming up. We'll get to that in the 11 o'clock hour. But coming up next, Chris Cuellar from the Iowa Boys High School Athletic Association is going to join us. TV rights, what's happening there, media rights in general, some of the big questions, putting together a state tournament. We'll see what else we got on the dock. you got any questions, too, tag us on Twitter. You can get a hold of us there, at Trent Condon, at Emery Songer is where you can find us. And we'll talk with Chris coming up on the other side. Ken in Vegas, he'll be back on Monday. Emery sitting in with me for the next couple of days. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Before we hit the break, though, it's time to go for the green. Uh, Emery, you got the uh, information there in front of you in studio. What is our keyword today? All you have to do is text the keyword to 200-200 right now when $1,000 of cash. Is it there? It's there. I have it. The keyword is? Coin. C-O-I-N. Coin. Coin. Go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text COIN to 200-200. Standard message and data rates apply. Coming back on the other side, talking with Chris Cuellar as we continue. It's Miller and Condon. Go for the stuff that Michael Jordan. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent Condon back with you here. Emery Songer across the glass. He is in for Ken Miller today. Emery, a segment down. You got nothing? You hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you now. Okay, you got me. Yeah. We may be a little nervous. He gave me the look like maybe I'm not on the air. But we're a segment in. Hey, how, how we made feeling? it. I'm feeling good. How, yeah, are you, how are you feeling? I'm great. I'm great. We're just sitting here. We're talking sports. And we're going to do uh, something next near and dear, I think, to both of our hearts. We're big High school sports fans, we've called high school for a number of years. Born and bred into yes, us. We, we are Iowa kids, so we played, uh, for me, played poorly at the high school level. Oh, well, we both played okay, poorly. Okay, we, we, we got that. We're on the same page the there. Okay, all right. Chris Cuellar joins us right now, Iowa High School Boys Athletic Association. Chris, what's your official title? Communications director, do I got that right? That is that is correct. Uh, I don't know what it'll be a year from now, or, or you know, if communications director can mean really whatever you want it to mean. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see how it goes going forward. Well, uh, we'll try to direct the communications here today, and you answer the questions. And we're going to start right at the top. And I think when anybody, the biggest, pretty much talker here in the sports radio landscape, when it comes around state tournament time, is the TV coverage. Now, to open this up right from the forefront. This is not something that is strictly beholden to the Boys Association. This is farmed out. This is another entity not connected to you that sets up the TV rights. Is that correct? 
That is correct. You understand because you're there, and uh, I also understand why a lot of folks are a little confused because it is kind of a confusing situation. Um, but essentially, a number of years ago, and I guess starting in 2006, um, the Iowa High School Athletic Association, my office, the nonprofit based out of Boone, um, <laughs> we sold our broadcast rights or began selling our broadcast rights at that time to um, Ken Krogman and the Iowa High School Sports Network. Um, but that deal has developed over time. It's been carried on a number of different channels and platforms, and some folks understand that. Um, the most recent iteration of the deal and the one that catches the most ire and the most comments in my Twitter mentions um, is the is the deal that was made in 2014 and since extended. Um, and it essentially gives up all of our broad- exclusive broadcast rights to the Iowa High School Sports Network to broadcast you know, as, as they can. Um, what that meant over the last three years was that uh, a number of our tournaments, basketball, wrestling, um, football, would appear on NBC Sports Chicago. Previously, it was called Comcast. Uh, we all know about those TV changes, but this is uh, one that kind of inspires a number of jokes. Um, <laughs> and even people in our own office sometimes, well, what about Comcast? And, you know, you got to kind of make that correction. Uh-huh. Um but but they they essentially the Iowa High School Sports Network sold or leased the event to NBC Sports Chicago, and at that time I think the understanding um, was that that would be the best way to broadcast the games to the most possible people on a very modern platform. Uh, Trent, you and I both know that's not really how it worked out. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was before that was before I got here and before my communications director title included anything um, like that. Um, but that, that's that's kind of the deal that has run its course. Um, the Iowa High School Sports Network now, essentially that deal is up with the events that NBC Sports Chicago likes to display. Okay. Um, so after after three years and a lot of messages and, and some exhausted folks and a lot of feedback, um, I, I believe the plan is for the Iowa High School Sports Network to um, – renegotiate a, a, a new deal um, on their own. So that's that's outside of our office, unfortunately, but um, that's that's the primer on how all that works. <laughs> so to take it a step further, and I know this isn't part of your negotiation or anything that you deal with, but a possibility that we could see this on the local level, say, all right, we're, we're going to produce it, but then we're going to farm it out, and in North Iowa, you know, the CBS affiliate up there can pick it up, and then in Eastern Iowa, a KGAN can pick it up, and here... WHO or ABC or WI5 or whoever could pick up the feed. Would that be a direction you could see them heading? Is that a realistic possibility? That's what I've heard um, you know, on a number of levels, Trent, um, from the feedback that we get and the messages that we get and from TV carriers from across the state and from the sports network. Um, I, you know, I know their contract still runs through July with uh, NBC Sports Chicago, um, but uh I, I think that that's a, that's a possible direction, as well as folks that that may have followed high school sports closely over the last couple of years. You might have seen that they carry you know certain quarterfinal rounds or semifinal rounds online. Uh, I think both those things could could be in play uh, over the next year. I okay. So Chris, one thing that you know when I was doing a lot of coverage, people would ask me, you know. I wanted them to listen to my radio broadcast, so I wouldn't necessarily be <laughs> promoting it too much. But I, you know, they had a very hard time, like you said, just the lack of convenience in finding it on their television when, 
You know, it is so easy to find what's going on on the girls' side. I know that you guys are completely different entities, and you've already said that you're not, you know, you're not specifically attached to the Iowa High School Sports Network that is broadcasting these games or negotiating the rights to the broadcast of these games. But how much are you looking at what's going on with the Girls Athletic Association and seeing kind of the trends there? Because it seems like when given two options, a lot of people prefer the coverage they're giving, especially on, on the girls' side when it comes not only to the television but just in general versus what they get on the IHSSN whether it's online or through what we have been getting from NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah, I totally understand that, Marie. Um, and the, the biggest difference that I can say uh, with all that um, is that uh, they have negotiated a deal with Iowa Public Television and then uh, Central Iowa Sports Network, which broadcasts games on YouTube. So most of those quarterfinal and semifinal round games that people are watching for free on YouTube, they're not actually IPTV games. They're CISN games. Um, they, they negotiated a short-term free deal that worked for them. Um, and what my office has done is elected to sign contracts for the broadcast rights um, to receive a payment that is probably less than a lot of people assume, um, that uh, the sports network gets, gets and holds those rights. Um, you know, obviously our preference would be to be able to maximize the coverage <laughs> and make it as available as possible. That would, that would make my phone ring a lot less um, <laughs> if that could be done. But I, I'm, I'm interested as, as everyone else is to see what the sports network can do going forward. And, and, you know, maybe what we can, we can decide upon with them um, going forward to, to maybe make those options free and easier. Uh, that is absolutely the hope. And, and then the next step, of course, for, for Emery and myself is to get you to waive those radio rights fees, right? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Guys. Yes. <laughs> I'll use my Harry Potter wand. And- all right, all right, all right. <laughs> we'll get that going, too. Chris Cuellar joining us from the Iowa High School Boys Athletic Association. All right, Chris, let's get into some nuts and bolts here of the sports season. One of the big changes that you guys implemented a year ago was the playoff structure and the way that teams were selected going to an RPI-based system for high school football. Year number one, we saw a huge run out of the 16th seed in 4A. Southeast spoke the last team in. Upsets Ankeny Centennial, another upset. They get to the semifinals. Just an incredible run out of them. A team that, you just look strictly at the record, said shouldn't be in the playoffs. They mm-hmm. made a run to the semifinals, and they did it in a great, great fashion. So year number one, uh, overview, your thoughts of the RPI process and how it went for you guys. I think pretty well. You know, there were some hitches in, in the delivery that I think a lot of people know about. Um, and Or maybe if folks remember all the way back to, oh, yeah. to November or those, those late October nights that uh, we were all up way too late trying to sort <laughs> that out. Um, but you know what? The, the idea was to get the 16 best teams, you know, uh, into the playoffs. And I, I felt like Southeast Polk's run kind of helped reinforce that a little bit, a four and five club that, that otherwise would have been left behind. Um, and they make it in and people are questioning that and then they perform well and, and, you know, that schedule, the strength of schedule plays out. Then you get situations like what happened to us in class 2A where a 7 and 2 Clear Lake team that was seated 12th in the RPI got left out of the playoff. Um, you know, we, we heard quite a bit about that as well because of some other tiebreakers and head to head things. Um, so you get a little bit of a mixed bag there. The top seated teams, unsurprisingly, it's football. Uh, Trent Nemery, you guys know, and I'm sure a lot of fans that follow it closely know, you're going to end up seeing a lot of the same teams year in and year out. Whether you've got a completely open format or a double elimination or whatever kind of tournament you want to decide to try and make everybody feel equal and happy, um, you're going to wind up with the same few squads there probably at the end. 
um, and we still kind of did at the Unidome. Um, the Football Advisory Committee, though, did recommend a couple of changes um, off the RPI system that uh, our board is actually planning to vote on next week. So um, those will be interesting to see how those will be implemented, and they kind of address those those direct, you know, issues that we faced in the first year. Um, but if the intent was to get the 16 best there and to get closer, more competitive playoff games, that was mission accomplished, at least in year one. Yeah, the Southeast Polk thing was interesting because I'll be honest with you, Chris, I was trashing what the RPI ratio was throughout the last few weeks. Um, because, you know, we pay most uh, here in Des Moines, we pay closest attention to Class 4A. And I'll still stand by this point that I was making that I think that most people would agree that it's more important to win games than it is to play hard teams and lose. And with the current ratio, and this is the only reason Southeast Polk got into the playoffs, and I understand they went on a little bit of a run there, but the only reason they got in was because the, they went four and five. Their four wins were against non-playoff teams, and their five wins were against all the teams that made the playoffs that were on their schedule. They, they unequivocally played one of the toughest schedules that you could possibly play in high school football, but literally beat no one that was of playoff caliber. 37.5% and 37.5%. Those are the exact same numbers for your winning percentage and your opponent's winning percentage. Your strength of schedule. Last 25% sure. goes to the opponent's opponent's strength of schedule, which really becomes a wash after you get down to the, to the nitty gritty there. Is there any conversation going on that is kind of lean a little bit more into the idea that, sure, Southeast Polk, it was good they made the playoffs because they proved everybody that, you know, even though they were the 16th best team in the RPI, they certainly belonged in the playoffs. But at the same time, trying to make sure that the teams that win games are rewarded for that instead of the teams that just go out and try to schedule the toughest teams. Yeah, i got to tell you, Emery, your quibble means that you're paying a lot more attention than <laughs> most folks and even some of our coaches because the actual percentages were something I was intrigued to see if those would be adjusted or if folks would feel passionately about kind of rearranging those or shifting those around. Um, and we really didn't get any feedback on that. I, I was I might be I might be more surprised than you on that, um, but uh, they will those are unchanged at least for for the next year. Um, people felt like the results kind of panned out the way they should have, and the winning teams got in the way they should have, um, which is which is kind of interesting. I would have thought that maybe you know more folks would have done the math um, and and felt passionately one way or another. I know Colorado is a state that we kind of took a, a lot of their hints for, for our model before we made the change. Um, they rolled out an RPI, I think, I want to say 2015, guys. Um, and they made three changes in the first four years, I think, to their to their um, percentages there. Um, but, uh, yeah, nothing has come up yet. And uh, I, I would be interested to see maybe if some of those games aren't as close or if we wind up with a couple of real stunners in the next year or so, if, if folks do want to change those. But but no talk on that, Emory. Well, that, that surprises me. Now, you mentioned the Clear Lake situation where a team that was 12th couldn't get into the playoffs based on teams that won districts because districts are still a thing to make scheduling as optimized as possible. But if we're trying to get the 16 best teams, Chris, wouldn't we just do away with districts altogether? We can have scheduling districts, but we don't award automatic berths for teams that win maybe a weaker district despite you know teams that are in the top 16 they'll have to miss the playoffs when a team outside the top 16 wins their district yeah that's a bigger conceptual question um you know the, the idea of, of unlimited mileage or classifications or, or some things like that um i don't know that we're necessarily ready to go that far even though the districts do get redrawn every couple of years 
Um, what I can tell you is that uh, one of the recommendations that the advisory committee is bringing forward to the board um, is, is just that, that uh, those, those three-way ties are, are null and void now. Um, so district champions, there would be a clear-cut district champion and a three-way tie um, based on, their, on which team is highest in the RPI. Um, so, so Clear Lake, un, under the new system, uh, should this should this measure be approved, Clear Lake would be in um, with that high enough RPI. So, you know, just because the 27th ranked team has a three-way tie for a district champion, the odds are they're probably not going to squeak in there or take a spot away from a team like that. And, and this whole thing could blow up. I know there's been a lot of talk in the high school coaches' ranks about going back to the 32-team bracket, something that the coaches want. Not sure how that's going. Where is that? Is that a conversation piece that you guys are going to be voting on? Where do we sit right now in a possible return to 32? And if we get to that, I know with the old playoff schedule, Friday night, the last game of the regular season, then Wednesday, Monday, Friday, Friday, it was a lot on the kids at the end of the season. Would it maybe be a reduction to an eight-game regular season schedule if they would go to that 32-team bracket? That's a great question, Trent. Um, that actually, the, the 32 thing, didn't come up quite this this year. Uh, obviously, we're in the middle of a cycle, so maybe that maybe they understood that that, that wasn't probably going to be enacted, um, you know, with immediacy. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is something that we are still hearing quite a bit about uh, is is the exploration of 32. But um, I I would think that if it does go to 32, we would either be seeing different sized classifications, maybe not six classes of you know 55 to 60 teams. Maybe we're seeing five classes of 70 okay. or or something like that. But um, the pitch that we got the last time around on 32 teams was kind of an adjusted format with that, you know, Wednesday, Monday, Friday. It was it was an attempt, I guess, to, to try and squeeze it in and make that work, but it, it really didn't quite work. Um, so I, I'll, be, I'll be interested to see what they can come back with. I can say that an eight-game regular season seems more palatable at smaller schools that maybe want a better chance at the playoffs but mm-hmm. are less concerned about that home gate that they get for that ninth game. Um, some of the feedback that we've gotten from 4A and 3A schools, they don't want to give up that, that fifth home game um, because that's, that's a fair amount of money and control. And, and sure. quite frankly, if you look at the landscape, I, I don't think anybody would look at it and say that, 4A and maybe 3A need 32 teams right. as they as they exist right now, um, but uh, it, that's kind of something that I, I could see definitely bouncing up and down over the next couple of years. No, a quick one here for you. I know uh, the newest edition of the beds, the enrollment system is out. There's going to be some fluctuation there. One thing I've heard bannered about up at the press box at the Unidome on the football side of things is: Are we getting closer to maybe having to split into two classes of eight-player football? As more and more teams move to that level, and so many small schools drop into eight player, is that a possibility in the future? I think it is a possibility. Um, there would need to be some more consolidations. There would need to be some more schools that that want to make that choice um, and go down. But but I don't I don't know that maybe two divisions of that is is out of the realm of possibility at all. Um, I you know we have we currently have fewer member schools than we've ever had. Um, and and I don't see that number necessarily trending up, even if Waukee and Ankeny's schools open, you know, new programs or new buildings in the next few years. It's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. Chris Cuellar joining us here. Chris, as always, good catching up. 
boy, didn't even really get into anything where I had to yell at you very much. This, this was a good conversation. <laughs> You're not used to not being yelled at, right? It would across the uh, media landscape. I just like when uh, I can talk to some folks that understand maybe how, how some of the policy works and maybe it's not always as easy as, hey, throw the game on IPTV right now. Why right. Make it free for me. And, and you know, uh, trust me, I, w- I would love to snap my fingers and, and make all these issues go away and fix everyone's TVs for them come tournament time. <laughs> but uh, we're, we'll, we'll do our best to, to keep making it work going forward. Yeah, instead of that, I'm just going to come pick it outside your offices with a big old sign that says 45, 30, and 25. <laughs> I've got a huge. I'm looking outside at a nice day at my window, and uh, you know, if, if you come out with a picket sign, it might mess that up for me. But uh, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> well, all right, sounds good, Chris. <laughs> we'll see you, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Chris Quayar joining us here today. Good stuff out of Chris, and I think for some people, helping the understanding the process of how these games get on television. Yeah. No. See, he dropped a ton of good knowledge there. That's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that I didn't even know about. So that explains a lot it's really not in their hands it's not it, it now you can certainly be upset that well why are they fishing this out why are they farming this out yeah they gotta pay bills yeah uh you know there is what what's the one thing that they always try to do why do they try to geographically put teams together come playoff time it is because it is cheaper for teams to travel mm-hmm. to a place an hour away instead of going four hours away right and when you get to playoff time the state, either the girls' union or the boys' association, they pay mileage. They pay for basically your buses to roll there. And and, and here's the other thing, too. He talked about the gate that those schools, mm-hmm. the bigger schools, they need that gate for that fifth home playoff or the fifth home game during the regular season every other year. Mm-hmm. Well, that just tells – I mean, this this is a bigger picture yes. thing here. In Talking about paying bills, yes, it kind of stinks that it's not in their hand. They don't have control over it. But at the same time, it's a lucrative deal, mm-hmm. and – they can't. I mean, it's a free country. IHSSN is its own thing. Yes, they can't constrict them, but they can certainly try to, you know, kind of lobby for certain deals. And I think that I think that's we're getting to the point where that is being done. I, I think that would be the most realistic scenario. It's it's not going to happen on IPTV for free. It's just mm, not. No. So so make that the reality. The problem that you get in, you know, I brought up here locally. If five, thirteen, or eight want to pick it up. Well, they also have their broadcast partners. And, what, you're going to take away three nights of primetime programming to put high school basketball on? You don't like that. No. Because you're missing our network shows. And so they're going to get a lot more calls for that than the other way around. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm missing sh- ER. Is that still on? Chicago- uh, I don't know. I don't watch network Ch- TV. Too Chicago much. Hope? I, I don't know. Chicago Hope? Is that that a- sounds like Touched by an Angel. It might be the- Touched by an Angel. There's a great show. Yeah. From 20 years ago. Yeah. Something what, like that. Whatever the show may be, though. That's what you get into. So still, I would maybe see a KCWI, something like that, or a Channel 19. Maybe that kind of entity that can pick it up and, and then play everything, play all the semifinals and the championship. I think it'd be a great thing. And the other component is the streaming component. And the sports network has done a better job of making these available. You want to pay nine ninety five to watch your team and you can't make the way from Des Moines, then you can do that. You know, I Look at basketball. And what was it? I think it was... There's two teams from Northeast Iowa, girls basketball, Wacon and Cresco. One of the teams almost didn't make it here because of the weather. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you think of the fans. It's one thing to leave a couple days early because you're on the team. Yeah, it's another. You're a fan. You got work, and it's a Tuesday afternoon, and you can't make it. And how much money were you going to spend by going there and paying for the right. ticket anyway? But right. If, but if you can just get on, get on your laptop, watch it for nine ninety five. That's fine. And they've done a better job of that. And I think you're going to see more of that. And you're 
probably a perfect person to talk to, somebody younger, about the streaming capabilities. Like you just said you don't watch network TV. Mm-mm. No, I do mean, you, do you have do you have DirecTV, MediaCom, anything I, like I, that? I have PlayStation View. Is my PlayStation View? Yeah, okay. no, and it's awesome. First of all, yeah. and I get local channels on it, which is awesome. Okay. But at the same time, I mean, like YouTube and. and Facebook Live has gone to, to that as well, where you can watch some sporting events on Facebook Live, as well as you know uh, YouTube TV and all that jazz with just these streaming services. BR Live, Bleacher Report yeah. Live is starting to try to find ways to stream their own stuff as well. That that is you got to be savvy in that. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, you're going to have to find a way to farm out advertising within right. your game and make it more affordable for the person because they're out of straight convenience. I mean, if they're diehard, they're going to be here, mm-hmm. no matter how the weather is. Yep. But if they're just kind of semi-interested, they're not going to pay 10 bucks to watch a game. You know what they're going to do? Hey, if it's available for free, I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. And you can pepper them with ads once you do that. Yeah, yeah. And that might be the better way to do that than just say, hey, the people watching this have to pay it, foot the bill for this. You know you're going to get a good chunk of people watching this stuff if you're if you're streaming it online mm-hmm. for free. If you're able to find a way to do that, and make it optimized for people to watch it, and it works well with your bandwidth, which sometimes for streaming services, Bleacher Report has had this problem before, where the Tiger vs. Phil thing it, it completely crashed. Right. The system completely crashed. There's not sometimes you have those issues, but if you can solve those problems, make sure that your bandwidth is good. You find a good server mm-hmm. to host what you're doing, and you could find 15 sponsors at some level Mm -hmm. you can have a little logo a part of the scoreboard that you have like the score overlay because they have those yes you could run you you know they can they have media timeout capabilities right you could run media timeouts one a quarter during high school basketball and or football you could do two Mm -hmm. media timeouts you got the quarter breaks you got half times you got pre games and post games there is a way that you can make money via advertising and really take the foot like don't you don't have the fans of these schools footing the bill to watch these games. That's Emery Songer in for Ken Miller today. I'm Trent Connor. We'll take a break. Coming back, put a cap on our number one. Big thank you again to Chris Cuellar for joining us today, providing a lot of information on the high school ranks. As we continue here, it's Miller and Condon. Sports radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Truck out at Emory Sonner back with you here. Miller and Connick continues 1460 KXNO. That's a jam. Me? Yeah. Like chili peppers? Love them. This is a jam. So, Emory, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? 28. You're 28. Okay. Yeah. How old are you? <sighs> Just turned 39. What? The last year of my 30s. You're wearing the. I would never guess that. No? You were wearing it well, man. You, how old How old did you think I was before I claimed that? 34, maybe. Yeah, look at that. I mean, I if I'm 39 and I'm looking like that, I'm... <laughs> oh, you're too kind. You are too, too kind. Too bad I'm being honest. You, 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 Anyways, why, why do you ask? Uh, just as we were talking about you know, streaming capabilities, you, I don't ever see myself going away. I could never be a cord cutter. Now, one of the biggest reasons, we were talking about baseball, you're a White Sox fan, I'm a Twins fan, yeah. is just that reason right there, the Twins. Mm-hmm. I get DirecTV, I pay the extra twelve ninety nine a month, whatever yep. it is, for the sports pack, mm-hmm. and I get basically every Twins game. That's probably about 145 of them on Fox Sports North. I get I get Fox Sports North. You get that? On PlayStation View and NBC Sports Chicago. Are, do you run into streaming problems? Do you run into... Yes. That? Yes. Yeah. The, the main problem for me is, though... 
I have not had the problem with Kansas City because I get them too, mm-hmm. but Fox Sports Midwest, then yep. the Cardinals, or Fox Sports North. There is a bigger sports package for an extra $5 a month or $10 a month. I can get like all of them in the entire country, not just because they know where I am. So right, and that's right. why they give me my local channels. I have local ABC, CBS, and the Fox channels that I can watch through PlayStation View. But like NBC Sports Washington or NASN or NESN out in Boston, like I could get those with that extra money. And would you get the baseball games? And then as soon as the games start, oh, I lose okay. it. Yeah, because so, that's the same thing on DirecTV. You can watch the pregame show. I'm yep. watching Nesson the other night before the first Yankees-Red Sox game. Yep. Flip that on. But yeah, right at 5.35 our time, cut off as yeah. soon as the game yep. starts. So same, same thing there. Okay, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, since we're in kind of a weird area, though, it's, we we are in range that our teams that we are blacked out of on MLB.tv, mm-hmm. we get six teams blacked out. The White Sox, the Cubs, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Royals, and the Twins. Yep. And and that because of that, we can watch them locally on our affiliate stations as long as we have the channel. And that's the thing. It's in a way, it's really bad. Yes. But in a way, and if you're willing to pay the extra twelve bucks, if a month, you're able to get the channel, it's really good. And Southeast Iowa, the only one we would get is the Chicago station. So I couldn't I, when I would get MLB TV, mm-hmm. I'd lose six teams, even though I could only really watch two right. on television. So that that part of it makes no sense to me. But in Central Iowa, where my you know, PlayStation has really no idea what my affiliates would be otherwise. Uh-huh. They just give them all to me, and I get to watch them. You know, it's pretty great. It's it, it's awesome. Yeah, it's a good deal. I uh, I don't want my wife to go back and listen to this segment because she has been talking for years as our Directv bill keeps getting higher and higher. How, how much How much are you paying for? One hundred fifty a month. One hundred fifty a month. Yeah. Okay, I'm paying. I'm paying. F- like fifty five for PlayStation View. We, we may have to scrub this whole segment from the records. I, I, I do not I, want her hearing I, I, this. I, I, under, I understand where you're coming from, yeah. but I would look into it. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised as I was when I switched over to PlayStation View. Probably going to have to get a little more bandwidth for my Wi Fi. I'm going to guess, right? I'm sitting probably about where you are. Yeah, just regular. Yes. Just whatever. Do you have like a wireless laptop for for Wi Fi? Yeah. Uh, if it works fine, if you like throw up a YouTube video mm-hmm. and it works, you'd have no problem. All right, all right. You just look into it. I, I'm, I'm, so, I, I'm a big advocate for it. It's when really I was cool. in Minneapolis, my buddy has this. He, he is a cord cutter himself, mm-hmm. and he, you know, lives up there. And the thing, the clicker, just mm-hmm. clicking to the game, go, yep. going back and forth, it does take a little bit more, right? I mean, you, you can't have the quick fingers if you're trying to flip around three different games. There's a little bit more time involved. Correct? There, there, there is a little bit, but there is a back channel. So, okay. like, like there, right. is, there is a button that you can go immediately back to your last channel. All right, and you can also do split screen. So ah. when, so like when the NHL playoffs are going on, which I'm a big fan of, mm-hmm. I have what the game I'm really interested in on the big area. But you can also have two additional screens within your one television. So I have three different games going on at the same time on one screen, and it, I mean, it does it within the like the app itself. So, all right, you're talking me into it. I mean, I'm just saying it is a really cool app. It is worth it's worth looking into. I got to make that phone call to DirecTV, try to get that bill lowered. First. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I got to be working on. We're coming back, hour number two. A lot of baseball conversation. Matt Snyder from CBS, he's going to join us. Cubs suddenly hot. Cardinals finally figure out the Brewers and Christian Yelich. We'll get into that and a whole lot more as we continue. Miller and Condon on KXNO.